in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, beginning in verse 4. This is a parable that Jesus told. It's called uh, different things. Um, some say it's the parable of, of the seed, and some call it the parable of the farmer, or some call it the parable of the soils. But it's all about the different response that comes uh, to uh, the gospel when it is preached. When we read this uh, passage, we think about often the initial response, like, do I believe, do I become a Christian or not? But tonight as we read these verses, I want you to think of it in a different light. And that is, as a Christian, what is my response when I hear God's truth, when it is preached or taught or when I read it in a devotion or in my Bible? One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across its field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable meant, and he replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message, only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the parable of these different soils. And we pray that our own hearts would become good and fertile soil where your word blossoms and blooms. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. The fundamental question that we have about the preaching of the gospel is... Why do not more people respond? Why don't more people believe? Or why don't more people hear the message of the gospel and live the way they really ought to? The reason that's such a question is because the Bible assures us that we do not have a, a, a weak or watered-down message. The Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Paul told Timothy, he said, you, we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of self-discipline. 
And so if God has given us a powerful message and a powerful spirit by which we are to share it, why is there often not the response that we would expect or hope for? And Jesus' parable explains this. And like I said, oftentimes uh, we think of this in terms of when someone first hears the gospel, how they respond. And certainly that's a, that's a good part of this message. But I want us to think tonight, um, we're church folks. I can't look into your hearts and see that you're all believers. But I know many of you, uh, or most if not all of you, have professed that you are a believer. And yet if we are really honest with ourselves... There's a lot of times when we hear messages from God's word that we don't really respond to it the way we should. Why is that? And that's what I want us to think about tonight. We all know that the first three responses are not good. The fourth one, that good soil that produces this bumper crop, that's where we all want to be. And yet the reality is a lot of life is lived in those first three stages of soil. The first kind of soil uh, was some uh, just rocky, some, some hard s- surface, of a footpath. And the Bible says that the seed that fell on that got trampled on, birds took it away, and it never made it into the ground. So what is that? There is a hardness to hearing God's word. That's what the first thing about is a hardness, hardness. It can be an outright rejection, and sometimes on the part of unbelievers, it's an outright rejection. But often for believers, it becomes an indifference. It's not that we say, I hate God and I don't believe his word. We just grow rather calloused. We grow rather um, indifferent to God's word. Uh, We're like Teflon. Nothing sticks to us. Nothing sinks in. It's all on the surface. And so we hear a Sunday school lesson or a Bible study or we we listen to a sermon and and it just kind of slides right on by. But nothing really penetrates. Nothing gets down into us and, and starts to grow. How do we get indifferent, especially if we're believers? How does that happen? There is, uh, sometimes it's pride. Sometimes we get to this place where we're like, I've been a believer since I was 5 or 8 or 12 or 20. And, and we start adding up the years, and I've been to Sunday school, and I've been to church. Heck, I'm here on Wednesday nights for an Ash Wednesday service. And so we kind of get prideful, and we say, well, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, I already know this stuff. We're like a kid who's repeating a grade. We've heard it all before. <laughs> It's kind of boring to us now. We get indifferent. It's a matter of pride that says, I really know what I need to know. But we forget that growth in relationship to God is not merely a matter of knowledge, and we sure can all know more, but it's a matter of experiencing that truth in our life. So pride keeps us indifferent sometimes. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes we don't listen to God. We don't hear what he's saying because we're worried about what he's going to say to us. We're afraid God might change us. He might take us out of our comfort zone, and we're kind of comfy, and we really don't want to hear that. Or maybe we're not comfortable. Maybe life is so rough, and we think, I can't take one more thing. I'm handling all that I can handle. And so if God puts another thing on my plate, I'll lose it. 
And so I don't want to listen too much because I'm afraid what God might tell me. We don't hear from God because of pride, um, because of fear. Uh, Finally, bitterness. Unforgiveness, bitterness is a big reason we don't hear from God. When we harbor unforgiveness in our heart, when we are bitter about something that has been done to us and we have not forgiven, we have not let go, and we've held on to that, we begin to crowd out not only that person who has offended us, but everyone else, including God. And when we harbor bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts, it makes us resistant. It makes us hardened. These things that keep us from hearing God's word, I want to suggest to you tonight that just whatever you've picked out, I don't know what your thing is, if it's you deleted your social media apps for for Lent. Some of you are like, how could I? Uh, Chocolate. I, I don't know, red meat, whatever, whatever else. I want to ask that you would think about fasting from these things. So the first one is consider fasting from indifference to God, that you are not going to be hardened or indifferent to God, but that you are going to open yourself. The next layer that we see uh, is a soil that is slightly better. Uh, It is not so hardened on the surface that it just gets smashed and and, and taken away. It actually makes it down into the soil, and it begins to grow, and everything looks great on the outside. But then the sun comes out, and the plant withers because it did not have roots. You see, there was a hardness in this second type of soil that was just like the first hardness, but it was just a little bit lower down. There was some nice soil just a little bit on top. But when you got beneath the surface, there's a rockiness or a hardness in this life as well. You and I in our lives, we can have a shallowness. That is, we talk big about our faith. Oh, I love my church. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? Okay. I mean, we're excited about Jesus. Until life gets hard, until life gets tough. And all of a sudden, when the hardships and trials of life are beating down on us, we wither because there was no root. Up above the ground, everything looked great. We looked like we were Mr. Super Christian of the year. But really, on the inside, we were very shallow. You see, growing deep takes self-discipline over a period of time. It's not just wishing, Lord, I want to be like you. It is spending time with the master, spending time with our Father God each and every day. And how you do that, it should involve the Bible somehow, but, you know, there's no hard and fast rule book. Some of you love to journal, and that's a great thing, um, but there's no commandment that says, thou, must, thou shalt journal, you know. Um, scripture memorization Bible reading, prayer, meditation, these things, but just spending time with God on a daily basis, over time, disciplining yourself to take that time. And you may say, again, well, I already know this stuff. And the longer we've been Christians, the more tempted we're that type of thinking. Preachers can be that way, right? 
Because we went and we got a four-year degree in religion from somewhere. And then we went on and got, went some more school and got a master's degree from a seminary. And we can say, I know this stuff. But again, it's not about knowing about God. It's knowing God. It's a heart-to-heart relationship with him. We've got to have that to get deeper with him. So this evening, I suggest that you fast from indifference, fast from shallowness. And the third and final type of bad soil that we want to fast from, we don't want to have, is distractions. Distractions are huge in this life. (laughs) They've done some studies lately about how bad (laughs) this thing right here is. Now, they weren't looking at spiritual life. Businesses were looking at how much worker productivity are we losing because this little thing right here. And just the fact, even if you have it on silent, even if you don't take it out of your pocket, they say just the fact that you've got it right there in your pocket or in your purse, that you're thinking about it, you're wondering, has this come through? If you've got it on silent, then you have to check it. If it's on vibrate, then you feel it, you got to check it. You're wondering, have I missed something if you got it turned off? We are so badly distracted these days. And this is just one of many things that we have that distract us. Distractions are what happened. This last kind of seed, there was no hardness there, okay? Remember the, the, first, the first person who was indifferent or even antagonistic toward the gospel? There was a hardness on the surface. Nothing could penetrate. The second type of person who, who's really shallow, they're open to Jesus a little bit, to a certain degree, to a certain point. I love Jesus, but not if it costs me too much or if it gets too hard because there's a hardness there. But this third type of person, there's no hard surface anywhere, not even on the top or underneath where it's hidden. This kind of person says, oh, I want all of Jesus. The problem is they also say, I want all of everything else that life has to offer. Give it all to me. You know about FOMO, fear of missing out? This is before that term ever came around. This is what this is about. The Bible says that this person wants Jesus The spiritual life starts growing and blooming and things are looking really good. But all of a sudden, these weeds and thorns and thistles come up because the ground is fertile for them also. This kind of person says, I want you to grow in my life, Jesus. But they say, I want everything else to grow in my life. I I, I want social media to grow in my life. I, I I, I want soap operas to grow in my life. I want whatever it is. I want it all in my life. And this person is not focused on being the right kind of soil just for Jesus. They're letting everything flourish in their life. And the reality is when we have that kind of attitude that says, I want all of God's stuff, but I want all the world's stuff too, the Bible says the worldly stuff is going to choke out your spiritual life. Now, Jesus actually puts this into three different categories here. He says, um, he says about them, let me look back. Okay. Um, basically, three categories it talks about. The worries of life, riches, and pleasures. I like what Rick Warren says here about this passage. He says, worries are weeds. 
worries are weeds. You and I need to get over the thought that worry is not a serious sin. Jesus is saying here it's a biggie that closes off, destroys your spiritual life. Whatever you're worried about, whatever you're fretting about, that is eating away at your spiritual life because instead of handing this over to God and submission to him, you're saying, God, I've got this. Or you're saying, here it is, God, but you're still kind of holding on to it. And that's one of the big distractions of life that gets you uh, all uh, withered in your spiritual life. He says, the worries of life, the riches of life. (laughs) Some of you are saying, I ain't got no riches. That's my problem. That's my worry. Well, riches here has anything to do with money, whether you don't have enough, whether you're focused on making more, on retirement, on saving up for a wedding or for college or this or that, but your focus is consumed with financial things. Jesus said that, again, crowds out your spiritual life. And then finally, pleasures, the worries of life, the riches of life, and the pleasures of life. Now, there are certainly uh, immoral or sinful pleasures, but Jesus is just using that term pleasure in a very generic sense right here. Good things, concerts, sports, shopping, hobbies, hunting, whatever the fun stuff that you like to do, if it's one little fun thing that you do every so often or that has a small place in your life, that's maybe okay. But we often have a really bad habit of letting this small little thing that I'm going to do just a little bit for a little while and it's not going to really take over my life, we often let that thing get out of control, outsized. It is this runaway monster. It's almost like cancer that is, that is multiplying and growing in our life. And before we know it, this little side thing, this little hobby, so to speak, has become the focus of our life. He says all of those things we need to watch out for. So this year, as you think about fasting, fast from being bad soil. That is, fast from being indifferent to God's word. Pray each time that you have a Sunday school lesson or a worship service or a devotion at home. Say, God, open my heart. Help me to be tender toward you. Fast from shallowness. Don't think that it's all about going to Christian places and saying Christian words. It's about getting really deep and serious with God and real with God. And probably one of the hardest things will be but one of the most blessed things will be if you will fast from distractions. If you will look at those things in your life, now if they're sins, obviously they got to go. But if you're looking at things that there's never a verse in the Bible that says they're a sin, but yet you know in your life that thing has taken the place of God, then that thing needs to go or that thing needs to be put into its proper place. And sometimes after a while and we realize this thing that we keep trying to put in its proper place and we can't, sometimes that thing, even though it's not a sin for anybody else, it has become a sin for us and we just have to get, get it out of our life completely because we don't want the devil to keep getting victory over us through that thing. 
So I encourage you to think about those soils as you consider your life in Christ this Lenten season. So we've come to the time of our imposition of ashes, and you're going to be invited to come forward and receive the sign of the cross um, on your forehead. We'll do one side of the church at a time. And um, I've thought about it. And the, Now, I studied a lot on Lent when I came here, coming from a Baptist background, knowing nothing about Lent except for some of my Catholic friends growing up talked about it and you know, I just kind of knew about Mardi Gras. You know, <laughs> they didn't talk about the after stuff as much. But, you know, um, there's different things that the, the minister will say when he puts the sign of the cross on. There's two or three different verses. But far and away, the most, I guess you'd say popular thing, the most likely thing you're, you're to hear is the verse that, that is printed uh, down there on the frame. It's from Genesis 3.19, where God speaks to Adam and Eve after they have sinned. And he is reminding them that at this point in their life, because they've sinned, they are now mortal. They are now going to die one day. And so when you hear this verse, it is a reminder that one day I'm going to face God. One day I'm going to stand before him. And I want to hear, well done. What do I need to do in my life so that I'll hear that? And so today, uh, this time, I'm not going to ask you to sing. We'll just have the piano playing uh, just as I am. And as you come forward, I ask that you just stop in front of that verse, read it and consider it for a moment, and, and then come on to me and I will um, put the sign uh, of the cross. Um, if you look like me, you don't have to do anything. If you've got more hair, please lift it up and give me plenty of room to work with. I, I really don't want to get ash in your, in your hair at all. So at this time, if you'd begin playing, Philip, and I'm going to ask, um, we'll, we'll start with this side, and then you guys will go next. 